How old were you when you moved to LA? 22. Did you know anyone here? No. How much money did you have? I think 15 to 20 grand. I don't know. Um, where did you live when you first got here? Sherman Oaks. And what was your first job in LA? Commercial. And what was your initial impression of LA? Dirty. (laughs) (laughs) How many years did it take you to get your first job in the industry? Uh, One month. Wow. How many years did it take you living in LA before you knew what you were doing? Maybe two years. If you had to sum LA up in one word, what would it be? Canvas. Oh, wow. that's a cool I one. like that. I like that too. Hi guys, um, I'm Jen. And I'm Camille. And we are so excited today because we're here talking with Darren O'Hare, a um, good friend of ours. And uh, Darren is an actor, he's a writer, and he's uh, a voiceover artist, which is mostly what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Darren has appeared in numerous TV shows, movies, and commercials as an actor. Um, As a writer, Darren's had movies made, um, most notably Groomzilla and Mechanics of Love, both movies produced. And um, like many people in L.A., Darren wears many hats and does many things, so he also is a voiceover artist. Um, And in that world, he's most known for his work in the Halo franchise and uh, for his portrayal of Tom Lasky. Um, So many of us, Darren, know the world of voiceover to be uh, very elusive and but also very desirable. It's a world that so many actors want to be part of. And you often hear actors talk about, you know, getting into the voiceover world is super hard, but if you can do it, hold on tight and never go back because you're really, really lucky because many people never quite figure it out. So I guess uh, our first question for you today is uh, why is why is the voiceover world considered such a coup? And um, can you tell us a little about how you broke into it? Because I know so many people try and don't have a lot of success. Yeah, sure. You know, it's it's one of those things like voiceover was something I never thought I was going to do and probably wouldn't have, except I had a friend who was an agent. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, you do a bunch of on-camera commercials. You could do voiceover. You're lucky. <laughs> wow. And I was like, That's cool. uh, That's amazing. no, I said no. And you said no? I said no. <laughs> oh, my God. And wow. he kind of pushed me a little and sent me a few auditions, and I literally booked the third one he sent, which was the voice of a bank that I oh did for God. two years. And Have you like, bought that what? person a car or a house or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he definitely got a good Christmas gift. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> and still my agent to this day. So um, you booked the third one you went in on. So you knew it, it was you at were... home recording on a microphone. Wow. Um, and I am, I, yeah, it was one of those jobs. Like I didn't know what I was doing at all. And I didn't even know I was the new voice of the bank. I just walked in and they were like, on the first job, first time I'd ever been in a booth, they were like, hey, congratulations on being the new voice of the bank. And I was like, what? <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm really excited. And they're like, all right, we're going to do 17 spots today. And I was like, what? So you just okay. filmed them all. I mean, you just recorded them all yeah, in that no day. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. But luckily, I That's kept so cool. that job. I took a voiceover oh class immediately. I love that <laughs> wow. story so much because I feel like that there's so many actor stories like that of people kind of not like showing up and sort of pretending that they know what they're doing and then things 
work out. Yeah, just... and not realizing what a big deal it is right. and how exciting yeah. it right. is to have that opportunity. And I think that's part, part of like breaking into it. And I think the thing that happens with this business is it, it just sometimes happens, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's really easy. Like I've had much more trouble and much more work doing TV and film stuff that I wish was so easy. Because you always yeah. hear other people have that story. They're like, that showed up and I booked a series regular. It was, yeah. this job, this is so easy. Yeah. Well, let's you know? also recognize that you have a great speaking voice. I mean, you do. Yeah. So it's not, Thank I don't you. think it's quite as easy Look, as listen just Listen to like, that voice. I know. It's now we're going to make him really self I, I, I have a good, like, regular... <laughs> Every day. Is that what you, that's what you play Pretty in the Can we know what the bank is? Yeah, or? it was a uh, Fifth Third Bank. Uh-huh. The things we do I'm for a big dreams. fan. Wow. I'm a big fan of that bank. <laughs> I wish they were national, but it was a good regional yeah, okay. bank. <laughs> okay. Um, that's great. Was it that's easier great. for you, do you think, for the audition, because you'd been doing so much commercial work, that picking up the, the copy for the voiceover was sort of... Well, it's not terribly different than other acting for me, like on camera, because it's the same thing of breaking down who am I, why am I saying this? And just understanding all those thoughts behind it and why, you know, it's, it really plays on the same kind of, um, training you'd have. And so much more is revealed in your voice in what you're thinking. Right. Whereas Cause everything comes across so many in other your voice. Things. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Every nuance. Yeah. You can't hide it. Yeah. Cause I always feel like on camera, you can't really hide you know, in, in comparison to theater, but it is true. It's when you're speaking that you can't, you can't hide your, the, the true emotions. Cause, in you, your ha- voice. Well, cause you have to show the emotions in the inflections in your voice and how you say things. And, and it's just something like you have that gut feeling of what sounds right and what sounds true sometimes, I think, right. at least for me. Yeah. So, and, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really similar. And that training helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah. For that for that first audition, you said you had you just had a mic at your house, but you weren't mm-hmm. a voiceover actor yet. So wh- what were you doing with a mic at your house, Darren? I bought one. <laughs> so you oh, found no, out I didn't you were the I, I hadn't yeah. bought one. I was I'd bought one because uh, I went and bought like a cheap snowball mic for like fifty bucks because yeah. it seemed like he was going to start sending me auditions. But the first two auditions he sent me, I was going to a friend's house to record them on his mic, and he's like. You got to get your own mic. You can't keep doing this. <laughs> so is that always how it's done? You don't go to a physical place to audition for a voiceover audition? You- it varies depending on the agency and depending on the audition. Some auditions I still go to a casting office. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of them I do at home, though. That's awesome. And, and different agencies like bring sometimes all the actors have to come in and read. It's so flexible. It's so great. Yeah, that's why recording at home is a lot easier because so I have a lot of friends that go and you know, you can only do a certain window of stuff. Right, right. Does it take you a long time to prepare? How do, how do you, you have 15 auditions, you just sort of pick up the script and you do your work and then... Different auditions, I mean, some of them could be like eight pages. Wow. Of material. And then others are, you know, one tagline for a commercial. So you have a you have a booth in your house now, right? Mm-hmm. You have a, like a professional. So if somebody was, you know, what would you, what, what would someone do if they don't have a booth and they wanted to start getting into this world, like what would be? You can buy a cheap USB mic on Amazon and start uh-huh. even that snowball mic or there's a bunch of different ones. The Any mic that's like around a hundred bucks, like the Audio-Technica, the AT2020 is a good one for just getting started. And um, you start working a free program like Audacity. You can start working on auditions. It's one of those things, but you, you want to get a good agent then. And yeah. 
Of course. It's, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard business to get into too, or just I have mean, a friend who becomes an agent. It's people. People <laughs> say it is the hardest business to get into. It's known. I think at least that's what I always hear. It's it's sort of known as being the hardest. I think it's part of the thing that's hard is like on camera acting. Um, you know, you are your face, and you can only play. You can only be on so many shows and do so many things. Mm-hmm. Whereas in voiceover, somebody can be on a lot of different things and have a lot of range with their voice. So certain actors can do so many different jobs. Oh, mm. right, sure. And so many different actors uh, can be right for something, whereas on a TV show, the look is so important of a person that it just narrows down the choices. Wow, so that's what, I mean, that's right there, one of the things that makes it obviously such a cool job is that there's so many different things you can play that you won't be that you won't be typed out for based on how you right. look. Yeah, that's cool. Um can you tell us a little about how the Halo franchise, how that came to be? Did you? Yeah, that was a that was actually an audition that came through a friend of mine, another voiceover actor, was good friends with the casting director, and he was like, "You've got to read this guy. He was in the military. He'll be perfect for this role." And he sent me the audition because you just, were in the military. Yeah, and it just went through <laughs> the chain, and I that was one. Halo, we do full motion capture, so we do it at Performance Capture Studio, like they do like Avatar and all those movies. Right, and, wow. Um, so the initial audition was at home recording, and then the callback was on a stage, like running around with like a fake gun and doing all the action scenes. Why do you, do, what do you mean? You mean you were running around with a fake gun? Yeah, because you're doing like full motion capture, like with the dots, oh. with the helmets, with the camera, capturing everything you do. Wow. And motion capture acting is the greatest. Why? By far. Because you can, it's almost like all worlds of like theater, film, and voiceover combined. Uh Because you're you're like in an actual space that has no boundaries. Like whatever stage they set up, like if you're on a, the deck of a ship, like you're, you're in the physical boundaries of that deck. They build things up so that you can move around and feel it. And you don't ever have to worry about where the camera is because the way they do it later is the camera can be anywhere. So oh, it's wow. the most free. The director can be right next to you, walking with you, talking and doing different things. It's it's incredible and really freeing. Can, that's really interesting. So when you're so when you're doing it, does that mean that you have a certain place you're supposed to walk, or it's all you're you're just kind of doing it with the director? Yeah, you block as it you out. Go, we block, block out everything. Out. Yeah, we usually like for Halo, we usually have. A, a full rehearsal day for each day of shooting and block everything that out. That sounds like so it. much fun. Oh, I know. It's, it's <laughs> the, mo- like it's so the most much fun. fun. And they, they've been such a fun crew to work with. Um, it's really fun. So you shoot it in one day. How many days? I mean, how many no. days? You block it in a day and then what's the time frame in terms of shooting the... We usually will shoot um, like a couple scenes. We'll rehearse for a couple days and then shoot for a couple days and then usually be off for like a month. And they'll go back and work on that stuff, come back. Because they're up in Seattle. Oh, wow. And then they'll come back and we'll shoot. It usually takes a f- six months or something. So the world of voiceovers, there's what you're talking about now, which is motion capture, right? And then there's commercials, which mm-hmm. is like the, the voice behind the commercial, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, there's animated mm-hmm. or animation where people do that. So there are a lot of different... And promos. And promos. Okay. Genres. Promos are like... Uh, Wednesday at nine. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> okay. You know and then there's also what I've heard about that I've heard is like can be very lucrative for new actors or even 
experienced actors in LA is like crowd scene stuff where they have like people like if there's like if they're shooting something on a TV show and there's oh yeah yeah a those party are scene like loop groups that's what that's called those. loop yeah. group okay yeah I, I did a I did a little bit of work with a loop group it's that's like a profession unto itself yeah because it can take a lot of time but it's it's great it's a lot of fun you do every Every single person in a scene that you see walking that could be talking, you do all those voices. Oh, it's wow. incredible. It was really fun. So I it's basically the extras in a scene. For voices, yeah. For voices. But and you get just... residuals, too. And you get residuals? Oh, wow. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's like yeah. the greatest job ever. Wait, so, so what's the... And you could do tons of them. So you can just make a lot of so it's like so so if somebody was got into a loop group somehow, that's mm-hmm. what it's called, a loop group, you're... Um, you just go to work. You're like in some big booth with a whole bunch of people and they just say, okay, now you're at a party. Start all talking like you're at a party. Is that how it's... It's all like ADR. You'll see the you'll see the scenes from the show playing. You'll watch the playback and then you'll talk right over it. And they'll do things where uh, you walk past the mic. So all the, they have all these different like things. Techniques. They, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. It was but re- did they was... tell you what to say? Or is it... No, that's where improv in... comes oh, in. Oh, that's... Yeah, oh, and so... you've got to have... A lot of them have like little like... It's all on their phones, but just tons of stuff so they know dialogue for like police officers, medics, lawyers, so they can sound like all oh, those people talking. Really, wait, that's really cool. They have it already on their phones so that when they go in, it's Sample already dialogue. Pre- yeah, just for themselves that they all have like their so own they're ready library to go. stuff. Wow, that's wow, that's, that's really, really so. It, it's a it's a that's a crazy. that's where improv is huge, and I had a lot of improv, so it was fun to jump in and do that. So improv is a good skill to have if you're if you're trying to get into the world of voiceovers and acting. Yeah, yeah. Of the, the biggest th- thing I think a lot of actors get from improv is being present and listening. Yeah. Because you can't you can't do improv without being present and listening to what's being said. Right. So right. that was that was one of the things I loved improv training because it just makes you really present with all your acting. That is such a good point. That is a good yeah. point, and it's really important in the commercial world because most of it is improv. In some ways, yeah. Well, most of the commercial I do is all very scripted. Is it? Is <laughs> very it? scripted, very approved dialogue. Very controlled. Well, when I do like um, a commercial for like a, a big brand, I won't name any. I, I've had two lines of dialogue that I've been in the booth for f- two solid hours saying those lines every which way you can. Whereas I'll do like a show on like HDTV or Discovery where it's like 30 pages of dialogue and you just bang through it in an hour. Right. Nonstop. Right. It's like. Say each thing twice, move on, and they're happy. Right. Whereas those commercials, two lines, they beat it to death. But when you're talking about commercials and them beating those lines to death, are you talking about through voiceover or are you talking about on-camera commercials? Okay. Because that would make sense, you know, that they're more specific since it's voiceover and you're using your voice. Do you think that voiceovers is a, is a field that if you're new to LA, you're new to you know you're you, you're an actor, but you're new to LA. Is it right for everybody, or is it definitely not right for everybody? And if not, why? I'd say there's only so much energy and effort you can put into anything. Yeah. And if you if you take a long time going down a road that you don't see opportunity, you're going to waste a lot of time and energy. Mm-hmm. It's like theater. I think when people do theater in LA, you have to be really specific about why. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing this show? Are you doing it to fulfill yourself creatively? Are you doing it to be seen? Um, because theater can take a lot of time and energy out of your life here in LA mm-hmm. or anywhere. And it's the same with, I think, pursuing voiceover. It, it's, it's a lot of work. And even the different parts of voiceover, 
promos, animation, any one of those are all very different fields that require a lot of work and energy and effort to go down. It's just something you've got to be sure you want to put the energy into. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many opportunities here. That's why LA is like a canvas. It's a blank canvas and you can fill it in however you want. There's so much opportunity here, but you can easily waste six months like trying to get into voiceover for video games and and realize maybe you don't want to do that. Right. Or you're not going to do it or you don't yeah. have, maybe you don't have the right you might have the skill you might be the best person ever that doesn't mean you're going to get the opportunity yeah. yeah that's the that's the unfortunate thing with this business yeah you could be the best actor that doesn't mean you're going to get the job yeah so true because a lot of times i think it comes down to why they hire people they know it's trust they know somebody can do it mm-hmm. and relationships they already like know this person's going to show up and not be crazy right right you know really i, I always think it's like yeah. a lot of Trust and relationships of what you've built up over time that lead to more jobs. Yeah. How much... That's a really good point. I think that's a really important thing to really know about moving to LA. You know, in terms of building up the relationships, I think there is a little bit of time here in LA that it takes to kind of build your 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 people here that, you know, mm-hmm. know you, that trust mm-hmm. you, that want to bring you in, that want to cast you, that want to work with you. So when did you start kind of seeing that happen like those For come you. to fruition, I guess. In yeah, sense. come to fruition you know, in it your takes career. Time. And you never know. You could meet somebody, go on one audition, and they love you, but you're not going to be right for something for them for two years. And it's up to you to maintain that relationship. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they know, they, they meet hundreds and thousands of actors all the time. You know, they can't remember you. Mm-hmm. You have to try to somehow stay on people's radar without being annoying, without being obnoxious, but reminding them that you're in the market. You know, like Coca-Cola, we all know what a can of Coke is, mm-hmm. but they spend a lot of money reminding us. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and cultivating those relationships in the business is probably the most important thing. And knowing that every opportunity you have isn't your only opportunity. Usually when you have that audition or something that's big, going in and knowing like, hey, this is a chance to meet somebody and show them what I do. Instead of having that energy of like, I've got to book this or I've got to do yeah. this because it's not your only shot. If you're going to stay in it for the long haul... Um, it's important to build and cultivate relationships. That's a great way of thinking. And it's a great mindset to have because that really is. For you know, any business. For it's any a great business, mindset, But I think great. especially for this one because the, the wins are so high in this business. Yeah. I think that's part mm-hmm. of the sort of the good and the bad of it is that, you, you know, I think we've all had that experience where you walk into something thinking, oh, my God, if I get this, my life changes today yeah. right. like and, in, in an amazing way and it can and that's why it's hard that's but. the kind of yeah. drug of it <laughs> right is that you you know you feel that but but i think what you're saying is like not to kind of hold on too tight to that and and uh treat each thing just as a experience to meet people yeah. and build relationships in this business i love that. because this business is not like the industry the working industry itself in la is not that huge like once you kind of get into it and start knowing different people and right. the industries you get into, it feels really small. You start seeing the same people over yeah. and over. And yeah, and it's easier to get to know people. And Yeah. So if somebody were coming to you and saying, you know, your aunt from Minnesota calls you and says, I want you to have lunch, with, you know, with this friend of mine who wants to get into voiceovers. So you're going to go and have a lunch and you have, you know, half an hour to kind of tell this person that wants to get into voiceover, what would be your sort of biggest advice in terms of, you know, you mentioned an agent, but is that it? Try to get an agent or is it make a voiceover reel? No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I would say 
Two things. Okay. Take a class. Uh huh. And get a mic at home that you can practice. Okay. Those and even are just things. finding copy online or reading books, you know, getting used to what your voice sounds like to really know what you can do. Like practicing, because you could see stuff on TV and say like, oh, can I do that? Can I do promos? Can I do animation Mm -hmm. Um, or commercials? And really working on those skills, I think, in classes and on your own way before making a demo. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest mistake people make is making a demo before they really know what they're going to sell. Because once you make a demo and an agent hears that, that's the best you could ever be to that agent. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be like, oh, they're going to grow and be better. And you're competing against demos that are demos of like finished work that's had, you know, tons of marketing money and right. put into it to make that sound incredible. Oh, because some people's demos are, actu- are actually are just jobs of their work. they've done. And then other people's demos are ones where they've gone and made it. Paid a couple and, thousand and dollars to have somebody produce it. And also they're expensive, right? Yeah, yeah a couple thousand, yeah. And it, that's the worst when you hear like somebody spends like $2,000 to make a demo and they're like, oh, that's not really what I should have made. Yeah. You know, like I made a commercial oh. demo and I should have done promo or I should have done animation or I picked bad spots yeah. to do. God, I wish I had talked to you about 15 years ago. I know. <laughs> I know. Before I made those demos for a couple thousand dollars. Know. So your advice was take a class, get a microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to definitely put up on the website some of the places that Darren recommends in terms of, of where to take classes. So after you've done that, now taken a class and maybe a couple of classes, how, how would one reach out to agents or is there a better way to do it like is should you just kind of try to get your own jobs at first or and also are the agents that you would reach out to what kind of agent would it be it wouldn't be theatrical right it would no, be no voiceover some theatrical agents also have voiceover departments and you know i don't it's the same hustle you have to do to get you know an on-camera acting yeah. agent you, you just know? gotta figure it out ask yeah people. if you have if you have friends yeah. you know recommendations are always the best right somebody else it's, it's back to trust and relationships somebody's vouching for you that hey i trust this guy's right. good you should check them out those are usually the best leads or, or if somebody in the industry you know opening the door for you to meet an agent is the best way yeah and um, i assume if you take it a reputable voiceover studio you're more likely to meet those kinds of people perhaps yeah, and I'm, i i believe I mean, there are some workshops you can take with uh-huh. some things to be seen but um I don't know. That's the same hustle of like, Everything. how do you get an, an agent for TV and film? Yeah. There's no one way. There's yeah. no one answer. To any of this. It's so, so, so true. Yeah. <laughs> so true. That's why it's so nice to hear about what happened with you. Yeah. yeah there's, there's so many different paths you can take. And sometimes you just got to ride the horse in the direction it's going. That's why like I wouldn't have pursued voiceover, but opportunity came and, I, and I've just been going with it. Yeah. So what do you wish that you had known when you first came to L.A.? that you know now? <laughs> One thing comes to mind, and that's uh, being passed off to a junior agent at a huge agency is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Tell, quick, explain, explain why. Quick story. Yeah. Um, we talked about this offline, but I'll tell you now. Again, uh, I had used a, a connection who didn't know I was using them to get to an agent at a really big agency. And he repped huge A-list actors right. got the meeting with me and was even like, how did you get in my office? Because <laughs> I had like no credits, but I was a very tenacious young actor who got in there and he was really cool and we had a great meeting and he was like, hey, I'll pass you off to one of my junior agents. 
And I kind of felt like that was a blow off. Right. Literally, because I knew nothing about the industry. I came almost straight out of the army uh, to L.A. and started acting. And I, I just thought that was kind of a blow off. I'm like, ah, no, I want like a full on agent. Right. Not, no idea that that would have no probably changed me. my life. <laughs> I mean, probably. So you said thank you, but no thank you? I just, no, I was just you like, just all right, cool. Up. I just didn't follow up. Uh-huh. And it was on me to really follow up on that. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> but when people ask you to follow up, they really mean it. Don't you Don't you yeah, find here? I do. Yeah, yeah. I find I'd that say, people are pretty on it with that. Yeah, and not, I mean, nobody's going to overly hold your hand or push you into things because yeah you know but if the door is open (laughs) (laughs) step into it that's right uh so (laughs) what would be your best piece of advice to actors coming out to la or here in la to remember that you as an actor are running a business you know, and you have to, you know, like your agent, your manager, whoever, whoever you're bringing onto your team, the agent might be the bigger person at the beginning where you're lucky that they're taking you on because you're just starting out. And you've got to remember that the agent's getting 10% of what you make and you can't expect them to do all the work. You know, you have to do that 90% and your agent will do the 10% maybe when you're <laughs> developmental, you're <laughs> but you might be part of that agent's 10% like of his income where it's a pool of all his like developmental clients Mm -hmm. who are making that 10% of his income where, you know, they have a lot of bigger actors who are more established, which cover 90% of their income. And they're the ones who are going to get more attention because they kind of need it, you know, because they're working a lot. Right. So you've got to like work and they're working with you to become one of those. That's Mm -hmm. why they believe in you. They believe you're going to cross over and become someone who's established and making them a ton of money too. I think that's such a good point. I think so many of us come here. I know I did this a little bit and you, you get an agent and you kind of think, okay, now my work is done. I'll just sort of sit at home and wait Mm -hmm. for my phone to ring. And, but you're so right. Like it's still, you, you almost should operate as if you don't have an agent Mm -hmm. and still try to create as much as you can. And the, the agent stuff is kind of gravy or extra or, you know. Well, cause what an agent does, it gives you back to that thing. It gives you more trust in this business. Mm-hmm. So when you're making relationships, it almost proves like, hey, this person trusts in me. They, they believe in me. Right. It's going to give you more credit moving forward as you make more relationships that people will be like, oh, okay, because that's how it works down the line. When a casting director is bringing you in for an audition, it's because they usually have a relationship with an agent that they trust. Right. So they right. trust you. And then it works down the, like the next chain too to the director. The director has trust in this casting director. Right. So it works all the way up the thing like they can't, the director can't know every actor and the casting director can't know every actor, you know, so they, everybody has to trust somebody else for who comes down ah, the chain that point. works to be on set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why when like an actor is crazy on set, it goes right back down that chain of the director calling the casting director like, this actor's crazy right. to the agent. Right. All what that. I love so much about what you're saying is it goes back to mindset. Like Camille was pointing mm-hmm. out earlier is, is it's all about being trustworthy. Yeah. Like this business is kind of all about being trustworthy. <clears throat> To a certain extent. I mean, certainly people have had success that are not trustworthy. So yeah. it's not a perfect science. No. Um, but I think to really have a long lasting career, I think that's that's such a great point. And I, I really see that. Me too. Here. Me and too. I, especially in LA. I, I, I mean, my experience is people really have your back when you when they like you and they trust you. 
they want to help you work. Yes. They want to help you move forward. And in that, being professional and respectful to everybody at every level of the industry. Yeah. Because you never know, like, what intern this day is going to be running a studio. That's right. In four years, five years, ten years, whatever it is. Like, people move up the chain here and... You know, that intern could be a writer who's going to be a showrunner. Probably will be. You I know? mean, it's like that, usually the way it works. That yeah. is how it works. And yeah. people move up in this industry really quickly. Yeah. And those are relationships that you can have that five years down the line, yeah. that's your person. And people remember stuff. I mean, I still remember stuff from 15, 20 mm-hmm. years ago of like, oh, that person was either not so nice or that person was really incredible. I mean, you, we all, we all remember. You know, you think nobody's going to remember, but we all remember. And, and a lot of times you only need... In this business, you could have one, one, one person that loves you, on the on the like working side of this business yeah. that gets you a career. Right. Yeah. One casting director that believes in you and like has you pinned to their board of like, I love this actor. I want to get them a job, Such and I'm always going to try and get them a job. So true. It only takes one person to really believe in you. Right. So you don't necessarily need to try to be popular. Just try to cultivate some a mm-hmm. few really good relationships. And you'll you'll find out who your people are. Yeah. You know. I think let's end with our, our favorite question about, um, <laughs> so as you know, our, our website is called Speak LA, which is all about the language of LA. And uh, we're wondering if you can think of an LA-ism, if you will, that you uh, learned in your first few years here. Like, like a something people say here I got one. I or got a one. word. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, you have a pin in you. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> Should we explain what that yeah, means, or should definitely. we just let people yeah. keep, just let them Google it? No, you, we'll you have it, a pin I don't in know you. That's Googleable, is it? It's probably. <laughs> it's I, a good one. Go ahead. What does it mean, Darren? Um, you tell us. When you audition for something, um, and you are the choice, you're basically pinned up to that casting director's board under that role. Like your name is right under that role, and you've been pinned. Doesn't mean you booked it. Not yet. Because there might be two it. or three pins. Usually, usually it seems like there's one, uh-huh. but you have to go through network approval and right. sometimes different approvals that, you know. So it's a nice phone call to get, but it's not a time to celebrate. No. All right. But, it, <laughs> but, it is, but it's a good one. But it is a good one. Yeah. And it's getting up there. Yeah. So you can Because a role could still get cut. Things right. can change. Yeah. But you never know. But it's a... Uh, but it does mean they really, 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 really like you. That's right. <laughs> that's nice. That's important. You're building that relationship. Yeah. So I hope everybody um, has a pin in them. I hope everybody has a pin in them, too. Me, too. All right. We'll leave you with that. Um, Darren, this was amazing. Thank you so much. Hey, thank thanks you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Next time we talk to the great Ron Livingston. Be sure to tune in. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.